Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Before we really get started, uh, we want to welcome, of course, our loyal listeners. Hits 101, which is now a part of the Spears and Steinberg team. Uh, so to all you new listeners and hopefully loyalists, uh, welcome. Yeah, and make sure you Hits 101 people are checking out our, uh, our the, the podcast itself. You can go find us on any of the streaming platforms. Google, Amazon, Apple, Anchor. Uh, Spotify, all that shit. Make sure you hit subscribe because as our content continues, we're going to have uh, content that won't be available on Hits 101 because we're going to be doing that on Thursdays or Fridays. Exactly. So, uh, and also uh, always hit us up through email, Spears 45 at Hotmail. Uh, anytime you want to drop some knowledge or talk some shit uh, to have it read on the podcast. Yeah, I'm andycomedy.com, uh, and you can find all my social media on my podcast, on my uh, webpage, and you can also get me at funnyhappens at gmail.com. Okay, now that we got the foreplay out the way, let's fuck. Uh, can't you see I'm coming to America? Hey, welcome, drum roll. Y'all wanted it, here it is. Let's get the business out the way first. Hey, man, we're going to be at uh, Funny Bone this week. As you listen to this, we'll be there the 19th, the 20th, and the yeah, 21st. Yeah, Columbus Funny Bone, baby, Ohio, the wifey of the Ohio's. This is the, this is the spot in Ohio. Yeah, we don't slap this one around. Uh, and then following uh, that week, at the first week in uh, April, we're going to be at uh, we're going to be in the, the Natty, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, baby. Funny Bone, the second through the third. Only two days out, in, uh, it looks like, in, uh, at the Funny Bone. That's it? Friday, Saturday? Friday, Saturday show only. Fuck it, I'll take it. Yeah. All right, so come see us there. Uh, quick after that, we'll be in San Jose Improv the 9th through the 11th Can't of April. You see, I'm coming to America. You've been waiting for this. Yeah, but unfortunately, I did not get what I thought we was going to get out of this. You let the cat out of the bag fast. I sent out a post on Instagram, and I didn't want to be the guy to sledgehammer 
this thing. So I just simply went, because I wanted to leave it in the audience's hands. And I went, coming to America. Yikes. And I put out the emoji of the face that goes, yikes. And I, you know, asked, hey, what did y'all think? So before we, I say what I would say. What did I what? ask you? What did you think? Well, what did, what did you, what did I respond when you asked me? Because I saw it before you. What did I, did I say? Oh, you, well, I said to you, how was it? Because you told me you saw it. And you said it was, the words you used was, it was cute and something else. <laughs> I forgot what the something else was, but you said it was, it was cute, cute and something. And I said to you, oh boy, that's like somebody going, hey man, I saw Michael Jordan play. How was it? He scored 12 points, which is un-Jordan-esque like. Because Mike, when he's Mike, puts up 30 or more. Yeah. Um, that was the bare minimum of 12. It's like you went and saw him play. Right. And this is Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, undoubtedly one of the greatest comedy movies of all time. Certainly up there within Eddie's top five. Um, and before we dive in, where would you put this in Eddie's top five? If you had to name the top five Eddie Murphy movies, what's your list? Let me give mine. 48 Hours, Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Coming to America. I want to say The Golden Child. Fuck that. I'm, I'm bugging. Beverly Hills Cop 1. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 1, 2, 48 Hours, Trading Places, and Coming to America. Coming to America is, is fifth on your list, or just no particular the order, just okay. the top five. Yeah, but you can't. I can't. Th- that has to be the same. Okay. I mean, come, I mean, you might want to put Golden Child. No, no, no. Another forty-eight hours. No, no, not another forty-eight right, hours. Right. I mean, because one and two of uh, 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 Beverly Hills Cop, awesome. Right. Right. Uh, forty-eight hours. The, right. the original to me is awesome, and then um, uh, what was the other one that you just said? That's Forty-eight hours, Beverly Hills. Oh, Cowboy. trading places. Trading places. Uh, trading places is like that. That when you think of love, <laughs> would you like a jacuzzi bath, sir? I knew y'all was a couple of faggots. Y'all ain't jacuzzi and nobody. Go ahead. <laughs> so, and then coming to how it has to be. I mean, I don't know right. what else. I don't know what else. Can you? But Golden Child is that's an outside. It's yeah, outside. Yeah, Golden Child was cool, but yeah, it's not a hit. It's a home. It, it's a foul ball. Yeah. It, <laughs> It's not an out. It's, it's a. It's. I don't know baseball terminology, but it's a. It's not a. It's not a home run. No, but it's like a run in score. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you you move the bat. You move the batters around. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it that. But that the the movie still and 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 I don't the Disney movies I don't put up there at all. Oh, I mean, like no, a lot no, of people no, like no. the Doctor Doolittle. I think Eddie's all of Eddie's best work was eighties, eighties and very early nineties. Um. Yeah, but uh, can we talk uh, as we go into this? There is something I, I want to say because we'll lose it. But it's, uh, right. I did like though that they did the tie into trading places in in this movie. In, no, that was in that was in Coming to America one. No, they did it in this one too. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. When the they, the, the one guy is Mortimer's son or or nephew or something like that. That's how much I slept on this motherfucker, man. Okay. 
I didn't I, even catch that. I liked that they tied it back in. That they, they, yeah, they, I didn't even catch that. And the way that they did it in the first one was classic. Yeah. With the two bums. Yeah. They made, and they knocked on the glass and said, Mortimer, we're back. Um, so did you like this? No. No, but but a no isn't the right answer because I didn't like it because of the anticipation of, and I said it before, I hope they don't screw this up. They didn't screw up the first one. The first one was a classic. But I mean, you know what I mean? They When they re- do a remake and then you're like, you hate the whole series. This right. didn't have anything to, to me, honestly. It was just cameos from the original movie. That's all this was to me. Well, first of all, let me tell you what the majority of the response was from people on Instagram. I'd say 85 to 90% thought it was bad. Uh, and the rest... Loved it for nostalgic reasons. Hey, man, they got the band back together. It was the reunion. All the characters, sexual chocolate, the niggas in the barbershop, Arsenio the preacher, even, you know, uh, the the two girls who were rapping, that they oh, yeah, met yeah, in the yeah. bar, the, 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 the oh. beboppers. Yeah, I forgot their names. Yeah. Um, they, they brought all the, the nostalgia part of it back. All cameos. All cameos. Um, and first of all, here's my bad side. I'm watching this movie in bed. It's an hour and 48 minutes long. 48 minutes in. Because I, I stopped and I, and, I, and I hit the pause or I hit the guide button. And I went, how long has this motherfucker been on? 48 minutes. I haven't laughed yet. I'm going, what the fuck? There's an hour left. Big red flag. Um, there just wasn't jokes written in that movie. No. And one of the things that I thought was crazy, and I had this in my notes, it seemed like they cared more about the music than they did the jokes. Certain parts of it felt like a glamorized music video. What the fuck was all the music numbers? I really, I don't know what the music numbers were. I really just thought that they said, okay, these are all the people we want to get back into this movie, and so we'll just write a scene so we can get everybody back in the movie. I didn't see a movie. Yes. Um, And, you know, it starts with the script. I didn't think there was a strong script. A lot of people said it felt rushed. I don't think it was rushed. That was like, I don't know how many scripts they already went through. They went through a lot of The original script idea was to have Tracy Morgan be Eddie Murphy's son. And you said Arsenio shot that down. Well, like he, that didn't was shot, he didn't shoot it. I, I think Arsenio, from, from what I gathered from the Arsenio story, is Arsenio right. must really understand uh, his place in that relationship uh, with the movie making. Because right. he's, he would make jokes about it. And I guess the joke you made, hey, maybe when you make Coming to America 3, you can have, uh, oh, now I'm going to forget his Morgan name. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman play your son. So he was, he was, he was shitting on, on, on the idea of uh, Tracy Morgan being the son. Right. And, and they finally went, okay, Tracy, Tracy Morgan can't be the son. Like, I don't know whose idea it was. The first movie was rated R. Well, it was, right? This Did you look one, it up? Yeah, yeah, this one was rated PG-13. But I, whose idea was that? Dude, I'm you not. You automatically take the edge off. Dude, you got to protect those Disney dollars. Well, wait a minute. Who made it the first one? Disney? No, it had nothing Paramount. to do with that. But he still has a contract with Disney. Doesn't Murphy still have a contract with Disney to do I don't that? know. 
Let me tell you something. This movie should have been made no later than two years after the original. Why the fuck would you wait 30 years to make a sequel to one of the most classic, greatest comedies ever made? Well, it wasn't a sequel, but didn't people consider that Harlem Nights was kind of the... The, 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 not, th- not that it was a sequel, but that it was another ensemble piece of, uh, of all black actors, uh, comedians getting together to do another movie. Wasn't that supposed but to be? But was that supposed to be the thing that, and, and because in terms of critical acclaim and box office acclaim, Harlem Nights was not considered. No, Harlem Nights didn't hit it. Like so that. was that supposed to be what stopped coming to America from? I, I don't know, but I thought, you know, that's how it was, you know, Eddie Murphy's back and he's doing the other ensemble piece. That's kind of how I remember it with all, with every comedian from past and present uh, of. of. <sighs> this, this to me felt like a classic case of, in basketball terms, all the stars were there, was, were there mm-hmm. but you didn't have the right coach. That's and good. no matter how many stars you got, how many big names, without the right coach, it don't mean shit. Now, I don't know if the coach is the director, the producer, but um, this was not it. But they wrote a message into the movie. Which was what? That women are, are that we need to change the way that we view women and what women can accomplish and if men were to uh, make that happen men have the ability to also make that happen and it's our responsibility as men to make that happen listen I don't want to take this opportunity to shit on this from a woman's angle um, and and you know it, one thing is it's funny somebody hit me up on Instagram and said Yo, yo, why you sneak dissing Eddie, man? Yo, that's the, he a OG. Where's your movie at? And to the, to the people that feel this way and say this, you guys got to stop, man. Like, you guys got to really stop. No matter what I say or anybody else says, Eddie's legacy is solidified. Yeah, that's cement. Ed, Eddie, Eddie, it don't matter if he makes eight more movies, ten more movies, however many more movies, or he rides off into the sunset. Eddie's in the Hall of Fame. His shit solidified. But just because you're a legend and an OG doesn't stop you from being able to be criticized from a subjective opinion. And I just felt, in my opinion, this was not a great movie. And let me just... It doesn't change his legend. No. It doesn't change his status. This was a bad movie. And, and and let me add to that by just saying, if he hadn't already just made Dolomite right. and showed that all the skills and the stu- and, and the Eddie is there to, to do what he does, right. then maybe you maybe it's just you beating up on, on someone who's making a movie and just making a remake. But we know that Eddie's there. I mean, right. that Dolomite was fucking great. Which I still have yet to see. It's fucking great. It was it was it was great to watch. And uh, I mean, obviously, he's playing the character, but he played him well. Right. Uh, and um, so, th- I don't think this is trashing uh, Eddie at all. I just don't think that this was a good saying. Someone made a bad movie. You didn't enjoy their movie. I'm not even going to say a bad movie. That I didn't enjoy that movie. Right. I don't think it's trashing someone. It, the movie sometimes movies get away from people. I don't yeah, think, and, and, and I think that people, you know, listen, people protect their idols, and, and again, people protect what means something to them and, and and believe me i'm from that i'm from that area i'm from that school of thought i you know again this was the 90s this was 
when uh, so many things were at their best, musically, sports-wise, uh, rap and hip-hop-wise, the 90s was the golden era. And I think that, and I, and I say this like, look, Eddie Murphy 80s to the 90s was Michael Jordan with hair. When he was playing with Dave Corzine, Charles Oakley, George Gervin, the Iceman. By the late 80s, early 90s, Eddie was Michael Jordan first three championships. He was MJ at his peak, unstoppable. He was the fucking dude. Mid to late 90s, he was Jordan with the 72 and 10 Bulls. He got his last three rings. From the 2000s till now, Eddie's Michael Jordan, the Wizards. He still has moments of brilliance. Still shows flashes of greatness. Ain't the same dude, man. And listen, here's the thing about culture, pop culture. This is a young person's thing. I don't give a shit how good you are. The older you get, time passes you by. You eventually retire. Maybe because you want to, maybe because you don't. But so often because time just passes you by. You lose your relevance. You lose your relevance, dude. It's the reason why. Listen, if Stevie Wonder could make a hit album right now, he would. It doesn't change the fact that he's one of the greatest singers of all time. You could throw a lot of names in that hat. Patti LaBelle, Anita Baker, Shaka Khan, when she was alive, Aretha Franklin. But they can't make hit albums anymore because the culture passes them by. Youth is youth runs this. And at a certain point, the sound changes, the feeling changes, the vibe changes, the artist changes. Eddie can't be Axel Foley forever in his 20s when he was kick-ass. He can't be that guy forever. The nigga has a waistline. Yeah. It changes, man. And Andy, you made a great point where you said at one point, it looked like even though Eddie had the Hakeem smile, yeah, in his eyes you could see. He just didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be. It, it's, it's not the zest. It's not the same. Now, look, technically, can we speak for Eddie? Do we really know what's in Eddie's heart and Eddie's mind? No. But I can tell you this. From being in something so long, the repetition of it, even with success, you get to a point where you go, yawn. I'm bored. What someone said to him, would you ever do a spinoff? Would you do those characters in the barbershop? And Eddie immediately went, yeah, that, that's like six hours in a chair. The makeup. Dude. The makeup. I, I'm not. I, I No, no we, could, we wouldn't do that. To be honest with you. I would rather see that as a movie than coming to America. That to me is like Captain Crunch berries only. But give he, me the niggas in the barbershop. They're the berries only. That's fun. But I, I'm going to say this, and I could be completely wrong. And you tell me what you think because you've been in this business a long time, and you can see it in people's faces, and you can see people's character, who how they how they walk, how they move through this. Doesn't Eddie Murphy kind of when he talks about the business seem? Like he's almost, and when I say looking down, I don't mm-hmm. mean like he's looking down on the business. Right. But he's above a lot of this business. Dude, now. he's been there, done this forever, and he's looking at it from like a dad looking at at kids. Now it's like he doesn't see it. He doesn't have that. It doesn't feel like he looks at it the same way as he used to. Listen, uh, 
by the time you hear this, we've already left Baltimore, but we were in Baltimore last week. And one of the local guys there, very funny brother named Alabama, he was he would start off the show and then Andy would come out and then I would come out. And we were just talking about in between shows, comedy in the green room, the breakdowns of comedy. And I was saying to him, uh, there's a club in New York, the, the, the Brooklyn, either Brooklyn or the Bronx, by my man Rob Stapleton, a dude who I came up with in New York. He does a, a, a comedy night at a place called Fuego, Fuego or something. It's basically a Spanish club slash lounge where they have a comedy night. And it's one of the roughest rooms to work. It's jam-packed, elbow to elbow. You could barely move. But it's the roughest of Spanish Harlem and niggas mixed together. And I go there, and he asked me to do the room twice. And the first time I did it, I vowed that I wouldn't do it again. But then I did it again. And by doing it again, I know I won't do it a third time. But it's like, you walk in, I get embraced. The love is, Aries, yo, we love you, yo. You're one of the best. Dog, I get so much love. It's, it's bananas. But how hard you have to work. To succeed in that bitch. I go. It's not that I can't do it. But I've done it. I made my bones doing this. From 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I started out doing these kinds of rooms. And I remember I coined it. Mosh pit comedy. It's like being in a mosh pit nigga. I I, I made my bones doing that. And through success and repetition, and graduation, I've become so far removed from that. Now, can I do it? Yeah. But what it takes out of you, when it's like, nigga, I did this. So I think from Eddie's perspective, it's like, look, when you've been relevant for so many decades, and and this is why, and I think I alluded to this before, from a comedic standpoint, Eddie Murphy's Robert De Niro. He's Al Pacino. Take your pick. Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise, meaning this nigga has been relevant from the 80s. We're in 2021. Do you know how hard that is to have that stretch? And the fact that this nigga has done gazillions of movies. Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. He, Like Andy said, the Akeem smile is there. But it's just like, he might. I'm, I'm tired, man. That zest ain't the same. Even Jordan was like, yo, don't get me wrong. Six championships is wonderful. But by championship three, four, five, it becomes harder. You love them all the same. But, ugh. And that's what it felt like to me. And I remember I said this to you on the phone. Maybe to a lesser example. And I don't want this to come off fucked up, but Eddie to me felt like Mike Tyson in the ring when Mike was only doing it for the money. Not saying that's Eddie. Not saying that was his passion or his drive. But just he was there physically, but comedically, emotionally, mentally, energetically. I didn't feel it. You know, I might say it a little differently. I think that he did it to reunite with all the people that were in the movie as friends. Right. 
And it was almost reminded me of a little bit of like an Adam Sandler movie. Mm-hmm. If Adam Sandler didn't really want to be there. Are you saying kind of like those movies where it's him, Spade, Kevin James, Rob, Rob, Rob Schneider? Yeah, where he's just doing it so all his boys can go so hang they can out have fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe at some points in the movie he was having fun, but at other points in the movie when it becomes work, it's like that saying that you said, when it's work, it's what? How, how do you it's not fun when it's work. But when it works. It, it's, it's not a job. It's fun. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and I think that, you know, I think there was a cross between those two. But- I really think that it was just a way for him to reunite with a bunch of people that he's worked with. And then, had then my good question time. almost becomes, why do it? Because, because, is it, it, but, but no, no, but isn't that a slight, isn't that fucking the fans over though? Cause we want a good movie. He gave him, he gave him everybody back in the movie. I think that, I don't think that you go into it thinking I'm going to get tired of doing this when I'm in it. And I'm not saying that he got tired of doing it. I'm just saying it just didn't feel like his energy level was at that place. I don't think that, you know, like when he, like when I brought up Dolomite, he, I think it was a challenge. He was playing a, a different character. And I think character. he was legitimately excited, excited about to that. do it. Right. And this is like, like you said, I've been there. I've done this. Yeah. I'm happy to hang out with everybody again. Yes. This is going to be a fun project to, for us to all hang out again. Right. But when you get into the daily grind of making the movie and then uh, the issues that come up with the movie. And then the rewrites and the, you know, there's a moment where you, you like I said, when you have already risen above that right. and you're looking at it, don't you, would you not be bored? I could see how you might start out before you production thinking, yeah, I'm excited and the anticipation and what I could do and what it could be. And, but then once you get into the grind. Yeah. You go, fuck, what did I sign up for? And you're in that makeup chair, like you said, for six hours, put on that makeup to be one of the guys in the barbershop. How many days How many days of shooting was that? Right. I mean, there's a po- there has to be a point where you're like... But then this is what I say from that point, though. Take it from an NBA standpoint, where it's like... I remember 30 for 30. Again, great if you're a guy and you're in the sports. 30 for 30. A man's meat meal. These 30 for 30s. And I remember the one about uh, Shaq and Penny, this magic moment. And I remember Shaq said, as he was way older, you know, that was a useless title. Whose team is it? My team, Penny's team. And I look back on it now, that's a useless title. But when you're 20 years old, you care about stuff like that. So same thing with him and Kobe. Whose team is it? When you're young and you got the girls and the money and the cars and you, you, the franchise and the city belongs to you. From a, from a put my dick on the table ego standpoint, you care about shit like that. But when you get older and your body starts to deteriorate and you ain't jumping as high and you ain't as quick, you lean on your role players. You lean on your support system. And I'm just going, okay. So if Eddie's enthusiasm changed from the beginning, once he got in it, dude, you got... Five great comedians in this movie. Tracy Morgan, Leslie Jones, Lurnell, Rodney Perry, Michael Blackson. And I didn't even know the kid that was playing his son was a comedian. How great he is, I don't know. But let's go with him too. Why not fall back on your support system? And Because you know them niggas is hungry. They're going, this is an Eddie Murphy movie. This is coming to America, too. So they're already hyped about what it's coming off of. 
a, a classic. I guarantee you, if you say to them, run with the ball, nigga, they're going to run with it. They're going to come up with all the shit they can to score. Give them the ball then if you don't want to carry the rock. But Let do, them shine. Do you think there's time in the movie for them to do that when they're trying to get everybody in the movie? Make time. You got to figure this out. And this is where I'm going. Great coach. If you got all the talent but not the right coach, you have anarchy. But if you got a great coach, and Eddie's the star, he, which means he has power. He calls shots. He could say to his coach, hey, man, I'm old. I'm tired. Let these niggas run with this. I'll do what I can when I can, but let them go. But I didn't. It's the director's job to go, how do we get these motherfuckers off? How many people in there ran with their part that you felt like brought something to the None of them. One person, I I thought. Who? Just one. Who? We talked about this. Leslie? No. Who? It wasn't a comedian. Oh, Wesley Snipes. That was it. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't a big, it wasn't a huge part, but he brought more to his part than anybody else did. And I'm sitting here going in a comedy, as funny as, and listen, Wesley's one of those dudes who for not being a comedian can do funny shit. To me, Money Train, uh, Wesley got some comedic. He has timing. Timing. Um, but again, I'm like, yo, do you know how funny Lurnell is? She, she didn't do anything. Mm-mm. Do you know how funny Rodney Perry is? He didn't do anything. Um, Michael Blackson. That, that was the most underused. And, and I was the one who sent out the post early going... Dude, if they do come into America too, don't use Michael Blackson or Godfrey. Two funny, legit African comedians. That's a travesty. And then a bunch of people hit me up on Instagram and went, no, dude, Michael Blackson has a cameo. But from what I saw, so underused. He didn't even do his signature, Murasaka. How the fuck do you have Michael Blackson and he don't shine or do his signature, Murasaka? That's insane. And then you made the joke, I could have been Michael Blackson's character. To which you could have. Because it was... Otherwise, why do you have him? It was, it was the quickest part. I was like, where... The I, one scene. I was like, when's he coming back? And then you said, didn't you say that he was in other scenes? He was in one other scene, but he didn't do anything. He didn't talk. He was just there. That shit makes no sense. And then the people who weren't in the movie, there was a couple people that weren't in the movie, which is surprising that they got everybody back in the movie except for the... Uh, I didn't even think about the possibility of Eric LaSalle which being w- in the movie. Which would have been funny. Right. And I and when I was talking again to Alabama, he told me, I didn't know, but he told me that they reached out to him and, and he turned it down. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this motherfucker turned down an Eddie Murphy movie, again, one of the greatest classics of all time. I would love to know why. Yeah, that Soglo being back in. Oh, that would have been. Let me tell you something. Of all the reunions, that would have been the easiest for people to enjoy. Because what fun you could have had with that. Why was he in it? Does he still have his Jerry Curl? Is the Jerry Curl all gone? Which could be a joke in and of itself. Or if he would have been horseshoe bald but just had the Jerry Curl in the back. Like a a rat tail. (laughs) Like, that, you could have played with that. And, and, and listen, um, I'm not going to pretend to know Eric LaSalle, but 
the feeling I've always gotten from interviews and the way he's carried himself, he's a serious dude. I'm not saying he's a jerk, an asshole, a serious actor, a mean guy. He takes it seriously. He take, but he he's he's a serious cat. So I would love to know why he refused to come back. Wait, maybe we should ask him if he wants to do our podcast. He would say no. <laughs> um, uh, but th- that I thought was interesting, and the uh, and the the sister, the sister of um, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy's right. Wife. She wasn't in it. She wasn't in it. And Alabama said that he had heard somewhere that she didn't get along with a lot of the cast the first time. The first time, yeah. So she wasn't going to be invited back. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I I was like, where's the mother? But I didn't know she passed yeah, she away. Passed. I need, yeah, yeah. That was uh, th- those were the those were the only three people that were like featured in the original movie that weren't in it. And I gotta say, um, <sighs> you mean to tell me that of a movie of this magnitude? which clearly it's Eddie Murphy, and there's going to be a budget. At no point did anybody ever say, Arsenio, hire a dialect coach, nigga. Arsenio Hall's African accent is none. That nigga isn't even trying to do an African accent. Isn't even trying. It's so. It was so bad in the first one. There's a moment here in the second one where he says the word father. And he pronounces it the way you say father if you're not African. And in my attempt to mimic it, I'm probably going to fuck it up and say it how it should be said. But let me not try to mimic it. Wherever you have to go, where is your father? It's like, nigga, it's father. Where is your father? That's how you say African accent. And, and it brings me to mind Chadwick Boseman, God rest his soul. Uh, a guy who's not African by any means, who does a great African accent. I loved in uh, Black Panther, he was breathy and he was, Miss Romanoff, if you want to know about the vibranium, we must speak to my father. It's father. Arsenio didn't even try. You must talk to your father. (laughs) His accent is horrific. Do you think Arsenio cares? Absolutely, obviously not. But God damn it, man. This is a movie, nigga. At least try. His accent is terrible. Well, would it have been weirder if he got more African in the second movie than he was in the first? No, I would have loved it. And because of a 30-year in-between break, nigga, fool me. What did you think? My favorite, you know what... I'm going to tell you what my favorite part of the movie is, and it's not even in the movie. Yeah, it's in the after the the after cut, You know, after the, the credits, the credits. When he finally says the word, which the, word? The Jew, the Jewish guy. He finally says it. What word? Velvet. Oh, what is this velvet? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. after the very end. Yes. And you know, somebody had said, "Dude, wait till you see the the uh, aftertakes." As though, nigga, the aftertakes are going to be hilarious. That didn't make me laugh. The aftertakes in life are hilarious. With him and Martin, that moment where Eddie goes, where Martin says something, he flubs the line, and Eddie goes, what's wrong, mustache too big? The other moment where they're driving in the car, and Eddie's cell phone goes off, and clearly it's going off in the car, and Eddie answered, he goes, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I know it's 1936. I'm the first one to have this. 
the moment where uh, uh, Eddie and, and, and Martin are both old and, and uh, Eddie said, go to sleep, nigga. Uh, uh, what did he say? Something about pissing on the sheets. He said, "He said, nigga, with your weak ass." Martin said to Eddie, "With your weak ass bladder, shit, I hope you piss on yourself." And Eddie goes, "Well, Eddie, if I do, I just take the sheets and I put them on you." And when he says it, look at Martin. Martin starts dying. The lights are off, but Martin starts cracking up. Nigga, the, the, even the outtakes from Coming to America were lame. But you're really mad at this movie. It just it, it did not <laughs> deliver on any level. Let me ask you: Did you give a shit at all about the son storyline? No, it wasn't. It wasn't critical to the movie because the minute you know what the movie, the best way I could say this, it was like looking at a photo album and you were just going back. Go remember right. this person. We'll look at him right. now. Look at this person. Look at him now. And so the kid didn't fit into that. Right. So even when he went back, when he goes back to America, it's like for three seconds. They jumped right. on the plane. Right. They went to America. He went to America. Right. And then that was it. It was that quick. I mean, it didn't have. There, there's no, honestly, there's no storyline. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what bugs you the most is that there's no real story in this. Right. Uh, the story, you know what it reminds me of a little bit is that Star Wars, where they remade the original Star Wars, but they made it into this in, in recently. And you have to be a Star the Wars. prequel. Well, this. Not, re- the, not the three that we grew up with. No. But they took the original and they made that same storyline in the last one. Where, you know, but this time it's, uh, it's, uh, the Han Solo is the one that gets killed by. I know what you're saying. Yeah, they just they just remade. A, right, where well, Han Solo was Harrison Ford was in it, but he was older. Yeah, 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 and they yeah. just kind of like retold the old story, but through the new characters. Yeah, and that's that's what they did. They retold the old story, uh, but they're they're we're 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 glancing over the part about you know we just kind of brushed by. Hollywood got their their part in where they wanted to say that women are. We, we really aren't touching that at all. Women are capable and should have every right to be the king as well. That's That was it. Right. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. I'm just saying it's very interesting that this is what... That's the strongest point in this movie, except there's something that... Uh, someone I communicate... I, I like to say my friend, but I never met this guy other than uh, through our emails and... Uh, and uh, you know, uh, back and forth through the podcast is Keith mm. Luce. And Keith asks... Me, it brought up something very interesting that I noticed, but I didn't know. I didn't know if it was worth talking about. But I will mention that he noticed um, Eddie Murphy has a kid. Right, obviously, that's the whole thing. They yes. had to go find his kid, and the storyline is that Eddie Murphy is fucked up, right? right. Uh, because uh, Arsenio's character gets him really wasted, right? And uh, he ends up with Leslie Jones, yes. the character, and uh, and uh, she has sex with him. Mm-hmm. Basically, unbeknownst to him, because he didn't even know that he had a kid, and he didn't remember having sex with her until they brought all this back, and uh, and that was okay. That was the whole storyline, so like a date rape thing. Yeah, but it was a uh, it was you know because he couldn't consent because he didn't even know that he was there, right? But that was okay because right. it's it's a guy, you know. Um, and this will lead me to. Another point, but in someone in the same vein, women, y'all's horseshit has got to stop. Well, women didn't make this movie, though, no, so I'm don't not, blame no, it on no, them. No, but no one said anything about but it. But nobody said anything about it. The same way I noticed, and coming to America, one, 
and I mean, obviously, you guys are hearing this when you're hearing it. But when I was watch when as I was watching uh, coming to America one two days before, they show the scene where Eddie and Sherry Headley go out on the date, and this is the official date where they run into uh, Randolph and Mortimer, the bums. Right. Eddie gives them the money on the street. He and Sherry Headley are having dinner in the restaurant. They bang on the window. Thank you, thank you. And she's like, oh, my God, people are so impressed by you. They just love you. Cut to they dance, and they got that song playing by Jackie Wilson. Someone to care. Someone who's there. Well, the hour, loans of despair. To be loved, to be loved. And they eventually French kiss and all that. And I'm like. This bitch is still with Daryl. She is tongue kissing this nigga and dancing with Akeem, and she's still with Daryl. Where is the outrage for this cheating bitch? And no, and all the women will go, yeah, girl, you can go marry you a prince. Get that money, girl. Be happy, girl. This bitch is cheating. On Soul Glow. On Soul Glow, nigga. Where is the outrage for her cheating? But they made that character. Un- He's not likable. So they but wa- likable doesn't warrant cheating. But they want her to cheat because he's not good enough for her. Oh, the rules y'all come up with. See, and this is why, and I know when I say this, I always come off like a hypocrite and uh, some bullshit male shit. But this now validates what I say. Like the same way y'all come up with y'all's horse shit to validate you getting the win. This is why I go, I know it's unfair. I know it's fucked up. But this is the game, baby. Men should be able to have side pussy because that's outrageous. Oh, he's an asshole. He might have been, but he didn't cheat. Asshole does not mean you cheat on a motherfucker. Or break the fuck up with him. It wasn't good enough for her. So she was, that was her way of moving out of the relationship. But I still think, though, and this is where I do call out women a little bit, is that um, if a storyline in a movie was about a man basically molesting someone who wasn't aware, yes, you would, you would bring that up that it was a bad storyline. That line. movie couldn't even get made. But you guys don't attack, any, and I'm not saying this movie should be attacked, but you don't even comment on that it, with any kind of, any, any, any amount of the same vigor that you would if it was the Woman other way. on male rape is funny. Opposite is, you know, hell no. As it should be. But for some reason, because we're men, we're allowed to be validate, violated. We're allowed to be drugged we're allowed to be taken advantage of and i don't know if the if the if the if the validation for it is well y'all been doing it since forever so the tables have turned because that ain't right two wrongs don't make a right but to his point come on man again that's that cake and ice cream and eat it too you want equality but Come on, man. When it's truly, truly time to get equal, we're not playing right. I mean, just a little side note could have been said. The movie was whatever whatever you thought of it. I don't appreciate the storyline. I think it still puts 
you know, sexual uh, uh, misconduct or rape. In, and listen, in, 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 yeah, however you want to look at it. If if Rihanna, Beyonce, Megan Fox, or Halle Berry rape you, what real man is going to the police? When Leslie Jones rapes you, that's rape, nigga. I, I am not co-signing that at all. <laughs> I don't have a career. You have one. I can't, I can't survive that comment right there. Leslie is very funny. Actually, she looked good in the movie. Okay, I'm trying. Hey, to fix what you had to hey, say. Hey, brother. Uh, and that scene where, I mean, that was so predictable. We, but we knew that was. Yeah. That scene with the royal, you know, from the, the royal penis is clean, your highness. And the woman comes up from the tub in the suds with the indication she just washed Eddie's dick. When Leslie was laying in the tub, they did, I knew the moment you saw it, you didn't need for the dude to come up. You knew it was coming. You knew it was fucking coming. And uh, Alabama pointed this out, too. And the first one, I guess thus the rated R rating, yeah. the women were topless, as some are in Africa from a tribal perspective. I didn't even notice it till he pointed it out. They all had their breasts covered. Cancer culture is out of hand. But it's a it's a PG movie. It's so you think that's why that was? Yeah, it's a PG movie because it would have to be rated new. It would have to be disclosed as nudity. It would be at least a PG thirteen. And plus, in the eighties, there was always one gratuitous nude scene in every movie. But this was nineties. Well, that's it. It was. 90s. This was nineties. Okay, but it was still it was early enough that it could, it fell under that same thing because. The best nude scene in any movie, to me, the, the best topless scene, the best unnecessary boob scene that I can think of in any movie, to me, is still in in, in uh, Trading Places. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. This scene comes... Well, Jamie Lee Curtis and I've been waiting for you, Billy Ray, with the black girl. Yeah. But completely unnecessary scenes. The nudity part was unnecessary in both of them. That's the great... That was the thing about the 80s. There was always at least one scene. Yeah, we are letting cancer culture take us away from the fun. This movie, this movie should have been everything that the first one was and better. We we we're supposed to progress, not digress. So instead of taking away women's boobs in the movies, if a woman wanted to be equal, we should have just had a dick out in the movie. If we're being technical, yes. <laughs> if we're being technical. But seeing schlong ain't never as pretty as seeing breasts. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying. And then this is a black nigga. So, you know, we're going to play that game where, you know, we want to be truthful, but we also want, don't want to threaten middle white America. <laughs> so we're going to have this nigga, what, come out the water with a motherfucking Vienna sausage? Like, come on, man. And this is Africa. You gotta- this, these are the purest of the of the black bucks. This is this nigga's gotta be that shit has gotta be as big as a rowboat, nigga. <laughs> they gotta ice him down so that it shrinks. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> they played that shit so safe. <laughs> ah, COVID. Um Oh, that was funny. Yeah, cancer culture is 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 killing the spirit of great movies. Um, 
And I got to say, man, uh, and I love John Amos. I grew up on John Amos. John Amos was good times. But I looked at this and went, this nigga finally looks the way he looked in Roots as an old man. (laughs) But now for real. John, oh, baby. When you said that, you said that at the club the other night. I died last. Yeah, man. If you remember him in Roots when he played his last remaining years as Kunta Kinte, a.k.a. Toby. That nigga was, you know, they made him up to be old. He looked it now. That was all authentic James or uh, 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 um, John Amos. Well, what did you think about uh, James, Ear- James Earl Ray? James Earl Jones? Earl Jones. You said James Earl, Earl Ray. Ray. That is you so got fucked James up. Earl Jones and, and Martin I'm, Luther King's I'm, killer mixed yeah, up. All, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> uh, what did you think about him, though, when he, they, they put him? I don't like him in a casket. And what was that about? He was in a casket because he was dying? He, di- he, he, he wanted to have his funeral. That was a weird thing because this is the storyline. He wanted to have his funeral. He wanted to see the people come to his funeral. And then when he had the funeral, at the end of the funeral, he dies. Mm. That was really kind of creepy. This whole it? fucking movie was weird, man. It was just weird. Yeah, this whole movie was weird, man. I, I I didn't I didn't you know. But do you think it damages the legacy of the first movie, or is this just kind of disappear into the ethos? I think it eventually disappears into the ethos. Because again, I don't see where they progressed, and, and I've I've read reports where they're considering coming to America three. Why? Like, what are you really going to do to it? Like, like, where do you go from there? No, maybe they put a story in coming to America 3. Incidentally, the old men in the barbershop. I, I didn't notice this till I, again, two days ago, watched Coming to America 1. Especially Arsenio Hall's character. That nigga was black. Like, his skin tone was your T-shirt, nigga. He was black. Eddie was blacker. These niggas eventually not only survived death, but got lighter. They were chocolate brown on this one. Them niggas was black before. And 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 really the funniest part in the whole movie is what they showed in the previews. Hey, Kuta Kinte and Ebola. Ebola was funny. Other than that, even that scene didn't have the punch that it had in the first one. Man, you ain't never met no Martin Luther King. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Who's next? That scene where they went to the to the to the uh, the first time you meet Sherry Headley's character and you meet Randy Watson, set your chocolate. That funny scene, and this is why I hate when they put great movies like this on cable, because again, censorship is like cancer culture. When she asks for the donations, and she goes, "We'll be happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we really would love to get the kind that folds." folds. And when they're passing the collection plate and Arsenio has got the soda, the soda cup in one hand and the chicken drumstick that he's just finished eating in the other. And he's, he's sipping from the soda. And the dude, Clint, who's in between Eddie and Arsenio, passes the collection plate. And Arsenio attempts to put his chicken bone in there. And he goes, donations, donations. 
He said, man, don't be yelling at me. He said, he said and Eddie goes, uh, he goes, man, don't be yelling at me, goddammit. And Eddie goes, uh, man, just put the donations in there, you tall black motherfucker. Like, and of course they bleeped out tall black motherfucker. That rawness, even with those three characters, we're not in the second one. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Who's next? Tall black motherfucker. Uh, I could, I could, again, that's Captain Crunch berries. I could take that all fucking day. I can take that all fucking day. They gave us the light version of everything. Well, they're not going to, I don't know, really, what would they make the Coming to America 3 on? Because Eddie said he's not going to do the, he, I mean, he's not into doing those characters, the old men in the well, barbershop. Eddie, Eddie said on Jimmy Kimmel, and I don't know if he meant it or he was just saying it to be in the moment. He said the Randy Watson character, Central Chocolate, he would love to do a whole movie on him. I don't know how you pull that off. Um, certainly if there's anybody that I think could do it with his talent level, Eddie. See, but I think he could do it because then he'd be excited about a brand new lane that wasn't in this movie. But like we just finished saying, the idea of it might be enough to make him go, I'm excited. But then once he gets into production and it's the long hours and it's the makeup chair, does he lose steam? I don't know. Did you hear that the idea for doing a, uh, for getting Eddie Murphy back into stand up, which it sounds like he would like to do, <sighs> but would be to bring the cat, the, the comedians from Coming to America too, and have them. Open up for him. Well, they would all be in the show. They would do a like a like a King's Comedy. I that to me smells like Eddie leaning on them so that he doesn't have to do a lot of work. Well, I think I don't think he I don't as a comedian as you know as a comedian I don't think that if someone in Eddie's position would allow that to happen though eventually you'd want to dominate that. Like, I don't know that you want to dominate it when you're Eddie. That to me reeks of. Have them come out and all do a large amount of time. I come out and do 20 minutes. They're going to do the bulk of the, the time. That's fine because he doesn't have anything. He hasn't been doing comedy. So he could start off with five yeah. minutes and move up to 10 minutes and 20 minutes until he got But do you think that people would be fooled into thinking that they're going to that show knowing Eddie is the headliner? They're going to get an hour? As long as, as long as the entertainment was good, I think they'd be happy with it. Mm. And they had like some title where it would be coming all over America or coming, coming all over America. America. That's funny. Yeah, that's really funny. That's funny. Um, but I, I think that would be great, and I think it would be great for Eddie Murphy to get if he really wanted to do stand up. Really good funny title, dude. Yeah, that's coming I, all over America. I think that was Arsenio's title. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't come up with that? Oh, no, I wish I would have. Oh shit! You may. I thought you was brilliant for a no, second. No, 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 no. I'm not brilliant. That was Arsenio. Um, Dude, I, I learned this weekend at Baltimore Comedy Factory. I'm far from brilliant. brilliant. Um, I, no, but it would be a great way to get him back into it. It would be a, a way that I think that it would be made. Because you, you can't be, I just think it would be so hard to be Eddie Murphy and go to a comedy club and go, you know, I'm going to do five minutes cause, or ten minutes because I'm, I'm working on, mm-hmm. an, I want to I get an hour. But how do you even start off with five minutes if you're Eddie Murphy? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think his ego would allow him to subjugate himself to five to ten minutes of working out. Truly working out. With nothing. and then Going through the pain of that. I just don't see it. 
I think this is not, he has enough in his life that he probably has five minutes. That he I don't win. doubt that he has enough for 80 specials. But just because you got it going on in your head, how you execute what comes out of your mouth is the work. But that's why that tour of them all together would give him that. Maybe. Maybe. I think it would be a deceptive tour. And if, what, would, what do you think would happen if, if he went out and the response to him wasn't good? Like if he wasn't if it wasn't funny what the audience thought was funny in terms of him yeah do you think he I mean because he's uh, still a real a comedian question. though that's a good question you have to have a thick skin when you're a comedian he would have to be able to deal with that you would have to have to, well you would think he would but again when you're that high up in the in the realm of greatness and expectation and you can't fulfill that expectation. That's when you're tested in terms of, you know, your fortitude and what you can take and what you're willing to endure. I showed fortitude this weekend. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, dude, even in closing, I kind of felt when I looked at the clock and I went 48 minutes in. Then I looked at the clock again and I went, there's 10 minutes left. We know Randy Watson is coming. This obviously is the big close. It was like part of what made that funny in the first one was that he came out and he sucked. And then you heard him do the set your chocolate. You hear the mic feedback. He slams the mic. And Arsenio comes up, picks it up as the preacher. Y'all give it up one more time for Randy Watson. You could hear the singular claps. That's what made that work. The fact that they didn't stay true to that character and they made him come out, and he did a big celebration number that the entire cast was in unison with. Yeah. We are family. me, And everybody's in happy dancing. This is the end of the movie. Yay! What a disservice. What a disservice to the movie, to that character. You, 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 immediately what made Randy Watson funny, you took that away by doing that. Man, that was a dud. That was a dud. He was supposed to come out and do exactly what he did before. Maybe even worse. Sing a different song. Uh, I believe the children. That was a classic. Make him butcher another classic. So do you think if when you know when they gave the big intro, yeah, and if everybody would have went ah, and like, right when he came you know, out, yeah, and started walking like leaving the room or what? That yeah, I, like I could even see it just like you said. He comes out, he's not even thirty seconds in. This nigga stinks. <laughs> everybody leaves, and it's just Randy by himself. You hear crickets, but he's still performing his heart out. And then you have someone show up at the end like i'm sorry we're late and they go the real band's here and then no i would even go play it how they played it in the first one his only fan was clint that man boy that boy good yeah good and terrible maybe clint is the only one standing there as everybody else has left randy is staking the place up so the credits go and it goes through all the credits all the credits and then there's clint Boy, that boy, good. <laughs> Just by himself. Like, yeah. come on, man. That would, you're right. That would have been great. 
Yeah. All right. So there it is, y'all. Uh, so uh, one, to, one to five, what do you give it? Four. You give it a four? A four. And I think I'm even being generous. That was bad, man. As an un- bad. As an ensemble piece, I give it a solid four. As a movie that I want to go see, I give it a three. Let me ask you something. And obviously, if you got Amazon Prime, you were able to get that for free yeah. or for whatever you pay for Amazon Prime. Had you gone to the theater and paid money, popcorn, soda, and that's what you got, you still give it a... I'd give it what I gave it. I'd feel the same way I did about Hangover 2 and Hangover 3. Right. I'd be mad that I saw it, but you know, I would still be like I wanted to see all those guys. Right. But I'd be mad that they didn't give me more. That okay. they just made a movie. You know, and that's the better example is Hangover. Those movies that were just made for them all to be in the movie again. Because mm-hmm. Hangover 2 and 3. Hangover 2 was bad. And it was so bad that I thought. Hangover 2, Hangover 2, Hangover. Hangover 3 was the one where they went to Taiwan, right? I think that's 3. And okay. 2 is where they went. Uh, I, don't even, I don't remember them. They're so bad. Right. But 2 was so bad that I thought, okay, that was the, that was the joke. They're going to make 3 really good. Mm-hmm. And then I found out, no, they made 2 and 3 really bad. Right. Okay. But that's how I, that's how I would have felt about it if I saw it at the movie. Same way I felt about that. I would have been, like, been disappointed not to have seen it. Right. But I would have been mad that they didn't give me more. That's what I'm mad. I'm mad that they didn't give me more. That's all. Okay. Uh, real quick, folks. So uh, announcing now, uh, you, of course, you're hearing this today, Wednesday. Tomorrow, Thursday, you'll hear the email episode. And then on Friday, we're giving you a third episode because what originally happened was we were going to try to talk about Megyn Kelly and Bill Maher. Uh, on some racial shit that we saw that we had to talk about. And we foolishly thought we would have enough time to squeeze in that and this. <laughs> but of course, the racial shit went all the way to an hour. And we definitely had to come out with this first uh, as opposed to vice versa. Because to remain somewhat topical and within a certain time frame, uh, we had to give you coming to America, which we just did. So you're hearing this today, Wednesday. Of course, tomorrow, Thursday's the email. But this Friday will be our Megyn Kelly, Bill Maher racial discussion. We think it's going to be this Friday because we may put this on our Patreon and it may be released Monday or something like that. We may put it on our Patreon early. So if, if you want to get it on Patreon. Okay. If, you, if you want to, but it, it just be on the lookout. Okay, but it's coming up. It's yeah. going to be coming up. You're going to get a bonus episode. We just want to give some stuff to our Patreon people that are starting to subscribe to us so that they get a little extra content a little early. Plus, we have some more content that's going to be coming on Patreon online. We have been working to get all of our social media sites up, and now we're going to be working on Patreon. So you guys who have subscribed to our Patreon, we appreciate you. We're not overlooking you, and you're going to start getting a lot more stuff every every week. Yeah, but and, and, but if, in fact, you do get Megyn Kelly discussion with Bill Maher uh, on Friday, uh, you will have gotten the, the, the trifecta. You will have gotten the dick and the balls. Sometimes we just give you balls and no dick. Or sometimes we give you dick in one nut, as though there's a testicular cancer situation going on. But if we should give you Friday, 
That means you got the nuts and the dick. But you're going to get it either way. Eventually be on here. If not Friday, it'll be on here uh, probably Monday. And uh, Patreon's five bucks, man, just to get on our Patreon. And you can check that out. Uh, and we, and uh, I need the money. Uh, I'm trying to move. So um, I don't know. Damn, did you hear that plea from the Jew? I'm the poorest Jew you know. So just. Hey, man. And I'm the most non athletic nigga you know. So it all evens out. I guess it works. All right. Uh, coming up, this is Jay Gaines. Jay Gaines. Um, iTunes slash Apple Music at Jay Gaines. G A I N E Z. Instagram at Jay Gaines. J A Y J A I N. What is it? Gaines? Gaines, I think. It might be Gaines. J A I N E Z underscore Instagram. Facebook. J Gaines, J A Y G A I N E S. Twitter at J Ganez, J A Y G A I N E Z. Spotify, J A Y G A I N E Z. Um, SoundCloud, J Ganez, all platforms, J Ganez, same spelling. Song title, West Side, featuring Scott Ducati off the Ep Six Deuce. And Joy. Nobody likes us. We bang two stepping. Niggas wanna fight us. Trying to test that gangster. I'm a real one. Niggas see me in the building. They gon' feel something. All these fake niggas really trying to kill us. Police with an affiliate with snitches. She a bad one. She got me in my feelings. Little leprechaun chick. Red bone trying to feel it. Trying to find a pot of gold. We don't feel it. Two stepping to the money. So let's get it. I spend my day chasing gold. So I'm with it. Top down in the ride. Getting money. So let's spend it. Living life, just a dream till we end it. No tie to them haters, cut them off, knife in it. And fake friends come and go, but I'm still winning. Nigga, this West Side, tell I'm finished. Yeah. West Side, don't nobody move, let's ride. We slide, now move your feet, let's ride. West Side, West Side. don't nobody move like we Let's get it. Straight from the 661, what a blessing. Five steps from hell, we ain't stressing. Still active how I left it. Niggas still stuntin' and they bitch with this hectic. But some niggas putting shit together like it's Tetris. Shout out to a few niggas with Ben Epidextrius. Daddy do his thing now, started to invest in it. You should do the same now or you can just test it. You niggas desperate, hoes reckless, I'm much respected in essence. But niggas still gonna hate so get the... Can you feel it, baby?